Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, all so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs today. Hello, and welcome to episode 80 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and today in the podcast, I focus upon how it is that we can set aside our anxieties and worries and be able to become abiding places of mercy. This is God's desire for us, and I speak about that in the podcast in sharing from the Diary of St. Faustina. But the fact is, is that with so many terrible things going on in the world, we tend to take on that fear. We tend to take on that worry and we tend to project our terrible imaginings onto the future. But so often we forget God's presence and we tend to imagine a future from our perspective rather than God's. So in this episode, I really focus upon how we might be able to form our minds and hearts to be able to look at the world the way God looks at them and how it is that we might be able to set aside our anxieties and worries and to trust him so that we can become those abiding places of mercy. See you on the flip side. We begin our conversation today with Food for the Head from Father Thomas Donahue from his book, Inspirational Thoughts for Every Day. He writes, when we are living in the world, we can easily take on the mindset of a secular society. It is important for us to cultivate in our lives with great care, God's way of looking at things and life in general. His word guides us. His advice is spot on, and I know that I definitely will struggle with this, especially if I don't take time to uh, spend time in meditation and prayer with our Lord each morning. And one of the biggest things is that we're taught we should be self-reliant, we should be um, you know, taking care, you know, self-reliant, uh, self-sufficiency, um, and also, you know, taking pride in being able to take care of ourselves. And there's a difference between personal responsibility and our taking the place of God's care for us. And so in this way, we need to make sure that we're not taking on that mindset of a secular society that Father Thomas is talking about here. Rather, we need to be intentional about cultivating, you know, God's way of looking at things and also looking at life. And how does God look at life? Life looks at it as precious gift. He looks at it as every moment 
is important for us. And we have to be very intentional about this, particularly as we are kind of coming out of this pandemic. And interestingly enough, with the rise of the Delta variant, we're kind of having a reemergence of, of uh, cases. Praise God, not you know the the number of deaths. Um, so that's a that's a beautiful thing, but it still is so many of us, and I, I count myself here in some ways, wanting to go back to normal life, wanting to go back to those lives that we had before the pandemic. But I think we forget that before the pandemic wasn't that great. You know, there was way too much busyness for busyness sake. We were, you know, doing things and planning things uh, because it was time to do it. Um, you know, oh, we haven't uh, taken a vacation in a while, therefore we need to go take one. Um, and vacations don't have to be some exotic locale. Actually, they could be just out in the street at your local swimming pool. It's about recreating and it's about, you know, we were putting too much emphasis on the wrong things. Um, our priorities were out of alignment. We were putting things of comfort and of ease and convenience before people. We were looking for efficiency rather than intimacy. So, you know, I'm kind of of the opinion of if that's normal, the world can keep it. But that's how the world looks at things. And we have to cultivate in our lives God's way of looking at things. You know, and it's something where, you know, God wants us to know how to look at the world. And how does he do that? He gives us his word. This is why diving into scripture is so important not as an intellectual exercise, even though this is food for the head, but we got to convince our minds that our hearts need to lead. And when I talk heart, I'm not talking our emotions, our feelings leading the way necessarily. What I'm talking about is our soul, our deepest selves, our heart. That is our heart. And the only way that we really are able to do that is in breaking open his word in prayer and meditation. So we need to be very intentional about saying that, Lord, give me your eyes. I talk many times about the analogy of putting on eyeglasses. And when we put on eye, the eyeglasses of God, it's we're immersing ourselves in his word. We are looking to develop his view of things that are going on. So when we're looking at a challenge or, you know, a downright tragedy, we're able to see the good in a situation, perhaps, that other people might not be able to. And this is something that's very important for us to be able to trust, for us to be able to look for his wisdom, and then for us to cultivate his way of looking at things in our lives. This is what it is to allow his word to guide us, to allow his words in the gospel to come and live in our hearts so that then they inform 
how it is that we look at the world, how we hear the world, how we experience the world, and it does make all the difference. So that's, you know, the question that is before us. Are we taking on the mindset of the world around us? Or are we taking on the mindset of God? Our food for the heart comes from St. Faustina and her diary at Divine Mercy. And the words that I share are words that Jesus was speaking to St. Faustina that she wrote down. And Jesus said, My daughter, I desire that your heart be an abiding place of my mercy. I desire that this mercy flow out upon the whole world through your heart. Let no one who approaches you go away without that trust in my mercy, which I so ardently desire for souls. Jesus is very clear and concise and direct in his communication here about what it is that he desires St. Faustina, but also about what it is that he desires of our hearts, of what his desire is for we to be like for other people, for them when they experience and encounter us, that they experience an abiding place of mercy. Well, again, the only way to become that place is by spending time in prayer and meditation and going and receiving the sacraments frequently. We need to be filled with his grace. We need to be filled with all of what it is that God desires to give other people. And we can only do that when we're spending time with him. We can only do that when we're allowing his graces to fill us. But the fact is, is that we need to be intentional about trying to be that abiding place of mercy. Are we being hospitable and welcoming in our conversations and in our interactions with others? Or are we about the minimal interaction so we can get on with whatever it is that we're doing? Are we more concerned about our agenda and our to-do list than we are about listening and being present to others? These are the conversation, these are the things that we have to think about, that we have to reflect upon so that we can become that abiding place of mercy. So often when we encounter other people, especially, we'll get frustrated or we'll judge or we'll become impatient. And what happens is, is that when we do these things, then we're not able to be able to be that abiding place of mercy. And is something that we have to be very attentive to. We have to be willing to set aside our judgment, to set aside our to-do list, to set aside all the many ways that we could be less than an abiding place of mercy. And this is the great challenge that lies before us, that we have to be willing to become that place of mercy, to be abiding with our Lord so that when others come into our presence, they can abide with us. 
This is what Jesus desires of us. This is what he tells St. Faustina he desires of all of us. I desire that this mercy flow out upon the whole world through your heart. Each of us, each of us has been given this particular mission. And we have to be attentive to it. We have to be willing to spend the time ourselves abiding of having rest with our Lord so that then others can come and abide with us. Now you might be saying, Christina, I don't want that. I don't want people to come and abide with me. I'm not a people person. Well, <laughs> we all have those in our lives that we've been entrusted with. Could be your spouse, your family. Even if you're single, you've been entrusted with people who are a part of your life. And it's up to us to become those abiding places of mercy for them. Our food for the hands is from Father Basil Maturin from his book, Spiritual Guidelines for Souls Seeking God. And this quote is a bit long, but it's well, well worth it. He writes, It does indeed produce an entire change in the whole conception of the Christian life. When one passes from under the law of prohibitions to live under the benign influences of the law of the Beatitudes, one ceases merely to strive against particular sins and begins truly to live and to grow in holiness. It is a veritable conversion. There are those who have not yet entered into this view of life and who consequently are timid, fearful, always dreading evil that they fear will overmaster them. There is in their life little of Christian liberty and expansiveness and no joy. A vast part of their nature remains untouched by grace. There are the germs of virtues in them that have never been developed. They hold back through fear from many a sphere of usefulness. There is a constant introspection and self-analysis they seem never to be able to get out of themselves. They live in an atmosphere of spiritual self-consciousness. There is no such thing possible for them as self-abandonment and trustful love, but always a restless sense of insecurity. There is no confidence in God or in the power of his grace. Their thought of God is rather as judge than savior. And then there comes a change. They pass into another atmosphere where love reigns, where positive action takes the place of mere watchfulness and self-restraint, and they launch out into the deep, put forth their powers, and strive to live rather than not to die, to do good rather than not to do evil, to put forth all their strength and energy in the loving service of God and man. So, as I said, a relatively long quote, but so much there that we could dive into and speak about, isn't it? But one of the key ones that I want to focus upon is the reality that a life of discipleship, of missionary discipleship, of active discipleship, of discipleship where we have said yes fully to the invitation, and this takes time for us to get there because 
you know, Father Basil, he points out the different places where we are. And I know sometimes in different areas of our lives, we're more on the, you know, God is judge versus God is our savior. But we have to stop looking at the negatives. We have to stop living in fear. And this is the key. We have to stop living in fear. And we have to no longer just try to avoid death and doing evil, but rather we have to strive to live the fullness of the life that's been given to us. This is a part of becoming an abiding place of mercy, of where we realize that our Savior loves us so much that despite our weaknesses, despite our failures, He will do good through us if we but allow Him. And we have nothing to fear does this mean that we presume upon God's mercy and we go and do evil, what we know to be evil, expecting him to forgive us? No, this isn't about presumption. Rather, this is about joy and happiness and knowing that we are loved beyond measure and that if we are desiring to do his will, even if we do it imperfectly, he will work through us and that is sufficient for that moment. Does that mean that we don't continue to try to become better, try to become more perfect as he is perfect? No. We continue to strive. This is why it's so important for us to strive to grow in virtue each and every day. This is a part of that path. This is a part of making the germs of virtue that are present in our lives develop instead of remaining undeveloped. But fear is what tends to hold us back. Fear is what tends to keep us more focused upon what's going on in my own life with that introspection and that self-analysis. Did I do this? Did I do that? How well was it? That's not what the life of joy and love and mercy is about. Is there introspection? Absolutely. Is there analysis? Absolutely. But that's not our constant state. Rather, we use that introspection and analysis in order to examine our lives and determine where is it specifically that God is calling me through his word, through immersing ourselves in his word. Where is God calling me to be shaped and to be transcended and to be transformed so that we can transcend who it is that we are today by his grace? So we need to be able to abandon ourselves in that trustful love. We need to be willing to say, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to stop looking at God as judge who's looking for anything that we do and he's going to go, ah, gotcha, you tripped up there. That's not our Lord. That's the evil one. He wants you to think of God in that way. He wants you to think that God is just waiting for you to do something so that that way you can be banished from the kingdom. That's not our Lord. He's looking for every opportunity to be able to draw you closer, to be able to let you freely choose him. So it's about us using our freedom for rather than freedom from 
So, freedom from sin, darkness, and death? Yes. But it's freedom for peace and purpose and abundance and joy and eternal life. We are freed to choose good instead of choosing evil. And we are free to be able to use our entire strength and energy to be able to serve God, but to serve those around us. That's how we abandon ourselves in trustful love, is that we forget about ourselves and we just immerse ourselves in being fully present with God and with others. And that's the key. But it only happens when we say yes. It only happens when we have the confidence and courage to step out in joy so that we can experience that happiness and fulfillment that he desires for us. This is what the Beatitudes exemplify for us. This is what they point the way towards. The Beatitudes are the key for us to be able to see the ideal towards which it is that Jesus desires for us to live. He desires that life of abundance for us. He's given us the ideal, but it's up to us to freely choose it and to not live in fear. Our food for the feet is a continuation a little bit of this theme and is from St. Julie Billiard. And she writes, Do not be anxious. Go straight on, forgetful of self, letting the Spirit of God act instead of your own. And it's funny, I hadn't even read this quote when I was just speaking, so definitely the Holy Spirit at work, because what St. Julie tells us here is exactly what I was speaking of, of where it's like, don't be anxious. Just go straight on, forgetting yourself, letting the Spirit of God act instead of your own. So letting God's mercy flow through you so that you can be present. But to refrain from anxiety and to forget ourselves is quite a tall order in our society today, isn't it? It goes back to being formed by the mindset and the worldview of our society today, which is about self-reliance, self-sufficiency, about us being in control. And because of that, we aren't able to be instruments of the Holy Spirit. When we are all focused inward, when we are more concerned about what's going on in our lives than seeking to be present to others and help them and what's going on in theirs, then what we do is that we close down our capacity to be a good instrument of the Holy Spirit. So the only way that we truly can become this great instrument that God has created us to be is to let go of our will, to let go of our desires of control and orderliness according to our plan. Does God desire for us to live lives of orderliness? Yes. Does he desire for us to live a life of right order? Yes but he desires for us to do those things in accordance with his will, not our own. So when we let go of our will, 
then we're able to embrace God's and we're able to grow in trust. And one of the most simplest ways that we can do this is by accepting anything we do not like, did not choose, cannot change, and do not understand. And we offer them in union with God's will for us. Let me say that again. How can we get better at letting go of our will, embracing God's will for us? Through simply accepting anything that you do not like, did not choose, cannot change, and do not understand. This is and offering it in union with God's will for us. This is the essence of sacrifice. This is what the phrase offer it up, that's what it is. Offering something up is saying, Lord, I don't like this situation, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to offer it in union with your will. Lord, I didn't choose this situation. I didn't choose to be in a situation of where uh, tragedy has happened. But Lord, I offer it up and it's in union with your will. Lord, I can't change the circumstances that I find myself in right now. I can't change the fact that my sister was killed in a car accident. But Lord, I offer it in trust and in union with your will. Help me be able to bear this. And that's where many times we don't understand. And those things that we don't understand, those things that we can't change, those things that we didn't choose, those things that we don't like, whenever we are confronted with those and we say, Lord, I offer it to you in union with your will for me. Jesus, I trust in you. That's offering it up. That's how we grow in trust. In all of those little tiny ways, they don't have to be big things. They can be tiny little things. It could be something as simple as, Lord, I really don't like this meal, <laughs> but this is the food that I have. So I'm going to eat it. So it's not just the big stuff. It's the little stuff, actually, that makes the real difference because we're able to grow in virtue little bit by little bit. And as we do that, then we're growing in trust each and every day. And we're able to then reduce our anxiety. We're able to forget about ourselves. And we're able to allow the Holy Spirit to act in our hearts so that we become those abiding places of mercy. So what might be some resolutions that you can take from our conversation today? Well, first and foremost is make a commitment to spend time with God's word each day. Make a commitment to spend at least 10 minutes each day with God's word. This can be something simple of reading the gospel of the day and spending time meditating upon it or moving your way through the Bible, like with Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a Year. But take the time to spend at least 10 minutes with God's Word each day. Another 
is that you can go and make it a point to receive the sacraments more frequently. So going to Mass more than one time a week, or going and making sure that you get to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. But to do those things in order to be able to become that abiding place of mercy. Another thing that we can do is to get better at offering things up. All those things that you do not like, did not choose, cannot change, and do not understand. Get better at offering them up each day. So a good resolution would be, Lord, help me offer one thing up today in union with your will for me. That's a great resolution. I hope those help you. God bless. Are you feeling a little overwhelmed lately? Do you need a break or a place to rest a while? Then look no further. Make sure that you come to the Say Yes to Being Chosen online retreat happening on Saturday, July 31st. I'm going to be interweaving the lessons from my book, Say Yes, Discovering Purpose, Peace, and Abundance in Daily Life, with the themes that are presented in the television series, The Chosen. And during the day, I'm going to seek to inspire and encourage and accompany you as you ponder deeply and determine the best way for you to say yes to being chosen, but also for you to be able to come and rest a while with our Lord. The online retreat is on Saturday, July 31st from 8.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, but with a two-hour break for lunch from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Replay is going to be available for those who register. So even if you can't come to all of the retreat, you can still get the replays. So make sure to register today and take that time to rest a while with our Lord. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes or message me through the Say Yes to Holiness Facebook page at Say Yes to Holiness through my website at www.sayyestoholiness.com or send an email directly to me at Christina Simmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we have begun here. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we continue to tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation again with you soon.